Well, as always, thank you so much to all of those who helped to put our worship service together for our faith ringers who offered our special music today, uh, for Sally Ritterbush, who was our um, liturgist for today, last week for uh, Gary and Jody Brubaker's incredible skit on Jonah, um, for our praise team and Wesley Choir who helped to put our music together for Gary Brubaker, who expertly puts everything together for us. Thank you. Uh, for all of our ushers and greeters, for our liturgists, and um, everyone who just helps to put our services together. Thank you. As we close this morning, um, we're closing our series on disruptions as we've been looking at the book of Jonah. Now, as we have seen already, um, Jonah is a book that's fairly short, but also full. Um, Someone asked me, are we almost finished with Jonah? And I wasn't sure if it was because they were ready to be done with Jonah, and maybe you are, um, or if it felt like there was so much more to say. And you know what? It could be either one. Uh, because there's so many ways to interpret this book, as we've seen. Uh, and I think it's the story full of disruptions that continues to speak to us today. Now, as we close this, next week we'll start a new series on some tough words, some of the hardest words to say, um, and so we'll do that next week. But now, um, let's close Jonah. Would you pray with me? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. All right, so the story so far with Jonah, um, previously on Jonah. Uh, God called Jonah to go to Nineveh, and Jonah went the opposite direction on the boat. A storm brewed, and the crew hurled Jonah overboard, and Jonah found himself in the belly of a fish, where he had a change of heart and prayed to God. And then the fish hurled Jonah on the path to Nineveh, and so Jonah preached to Nineveh, they repented and believed in God. Now, this would be a great ending to the story, wouldn't it? Yay, everybody believes in God, and they all live happily ever after. And yet, there's a whole chapter that's going on here. So, Jonah 4. Jonah believed in the love of God. He had experienced it himself. He believed in the grace and the forgiveness of God. He had preached at other places. He had personally experienced. He believed in God's mighty power and forgiveness and grace and love. However, he thought that Nineveh was much past that. So after proclaiming the message to the Ninevites, Jonah saw what happened to Nineveh, that they repented and God didn't destroy the city. And so what did he do? Did he celebrate with people and join their repentance or share in the good news that they'd been redeemed? No, Jonah gets mad at God. And Jonah gets mad at God for being faithful. Jonah tells God, this is why I fled to Tarshish at the beginning. For I know that you're a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and ready to relent from punishing. Because that's a bad thing. But Jonah is so angry. I knew this is what you were going to do. And Jonah goes east of the city and says, it would be better for him to die than to do something like this again. Jonah would rather die than see God's love in action. 
to see people repent and believe and live their lives differently because of God's love. And he goes to do just that. God provides a bush to Jonah to give him shade and ease his discomfort. And Jonah is so happy at that. He's thrilled about this bush and the shade. And then he's resigned himself that maybe this way that he's choosing won't be so bad. But then the bush withers because of a worm and the wind blows hot and the sun beats hard. And Jonah has more compassion for the bush that withered than for all of Nineveh. And God says to Jonah, you are concerned for this bush that you had nothing to do with. You didn't create it. You didn't sustain it. You didn't do anything. It was here for a day for you. And in the night it was gone. Don't you see why I am so concerned about Nineveh? That in this great city, there are more than 120,000 people and animals who didn't understand what they were doing and they needed to be shown my love. God is telling Jonah that even in their wickedness and brokenness, God loved Nineveh and wanted them so much to understand that and to turn around and repent and believe that. And they did. And Jonah doesn't want to accept that. Jonah doesn't want to accept that God's love, that God loves Nineveh as much as God loves Jonah. Have you been there? Have you been in that place? Maybe you've experienced God's love and grace and forgiveness. Or maybe you saw someone else. Now, God has given Jonah so much. God gave Jonah a calling. God gave him a fish. God gave him a calling again. God gave him a bush and a worm and a wind. God gave Jonah a second chance and a third chance. God gave him grace. And Jonah's response is to get angry and to pout underneath this tree. And that's where the story ends. Can It doesn't end all tied up with a nice, neat bow. They don't live all happily ever after. This is not the Disney version. I mean, Jonah doesn't even die. Now, that would not be, in my opinion, a great ending to the story, but at least it'd be some kind of a conclusion. And that doesn't happen. The final words of this book belong to God. Then the Lord said, you are concerned about the bush for which you did not labor and which you did not grow. It came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should I not be concerned about Nineveh, that great city, there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand for their left and also many animals. The end. That's it. But this is the last that we have. The words, the last words of this book belong to God. I care about these people. And he's trying to convince Jonah to care about them too. And even, so you can't care about the people, there's animals. Can you care about the animals? God loves these people. Now, to be fair, the book of Jonah began with the words of God too. Go at once to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. 
So Jonah begins with the words of God and ends with the words of God. God always has the first and the last word. And in those first and last words are love. I love this place, this exceedingly great city full of people who I love. These are the first and the last words of God in the book of Jonah. <clears throat> this week, um, I was out and I got my hair done. I don't know if you could tell. Um, but I was getting my hair done, and uh, as I was waiting for everything to get finished, um, I was reading and doing some research for um, for the service and for the sermon. And uh, there was a woman who was sitting next to me, um, and she said to me, like, are you taking a class or a Bible study or something? I see that you're writing in your book. And I was like, oh, no. Okay, I'm going to make a confession right here. So I kind of didn't want to talk to anybody. I know, I know, but I was just tired and I just, I wanted to do my work. Um, and so sometimes when you mention that you're a pastor, that is sometimes a conversation killer. Um, sometimes it's not. Sometimes I have some really great and interesting conversations, but a lot of times there's people who are like, hmm, did I swear in the last few minutes or did I say anything that would be offensive um, or just an all out like, done. So she asked me, are you, you know, taking a class? And I said, no, I'm a pastor and um, I'm preaching on Jonah. And I really hoped that was the end of it. It wasn't. And she says, oh, interesting. Um, you don't think it's really true, do you? I was like, well, which part of it? And she said, the whale part. Do you think a whale actually ate him? And I said to her the same thing that I've been saying to you, that different people think differently about it. Now, for me, it doesn't make a difference if it wasn't an actual fish who swallowed him. I think that we can still learn something. Mm, she said, and what is that? Here's what I think about the book of Jonah. I think that this is a story that shows a God who is abundantly grace-filled, about a God who is so willing to love people that God will go to extraordinary lengths to do that. I didn't hear you say anything about a fish. And I said, well, no, because the fish isn't the whole story. I think that this is more about God than it is about the fish. And she said, then why is it called Jonah and the whale? And I said, well, it's not. It's actually just called Jonah. She says, no, it's not. It's called Jonah gets swallowed by a big fish. <clears throat> and I said, well, that might be in a Bible somewhere. Like that's a title that they give to the story, but it's not actually what the book is called. Agree to disagree. <laughs> I was like, whatever. Um, anyway, she's like, anyway, are you really preaching that Jonah is about grace? And I said, I am. I actually believe that most of the Bible is actually about grace. I think the Bible is a book about God's love and humans trying to understand that love. It's not about fish. I said, well, there are some fish stories in it, of course. Okay, that makes sense. Although, to be honest, I think that fish part is too much. I get that, I said. And then she says, also, you don't look like a pastor. 
And I said, what part of me doesn't scream pastor? Um, I didn't say that. Um, I said, well, I know. <laughs> um, she said, but I think I learned more about God from you in this conversation than from my pastor who looks like a pastor. I still don't know how to take that, but I was like, great. Um, she said, thank you for indulging my fishy questions. And they may have been fishy questions. And it was also a story about grace. Throughout scriptures, we have these stories of this love that God has. We saw it through creation. We saw it in the waters of baptism. And of course, the Jesus story is full of love. The love that chooses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. That's the love of God. God loves you. Now, this is the same God throughout all of scripture. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So this is the same God of the Old Testament and the New Testament. Sometimes people will like to say that there's a different God in the Old Testament because God there is always so angry. But there are so many stories of love of God throughout the Old Testament and just as many stories of human beings denying and rejecting that love. The story of Jonah you can look at it and say it was a story of God angry at Nineveh. And yet, it was a story of the immense love that God had for these people. God loves, period. So who are we in this story? Are you like Jonah? Does God love us more than those wicked and evil people? Who are those wicked and evil people? Do you have a list? Does God have a list? Are they the same? Anne Lamont has famously said, when God starts hating all of the same people that you do, you've created God in your image. You've not been created in God's image. And the truth is, God loves everyone. Now, that doesn't mean that God loves what people are doing and their actions. But God loves everyone and loves us all in the middle of our weakness and our brokenness. And God loves us enough not to leave us there. All of the world, all of creation, full stop. No matter how many times we break God's heart by what we do, God still loves us. And you know what? There's nothing you can do about it. You can love back. You can worship. You can turn your life around and do what God has called you to do. That's what we do in response to God's love and God's grace for us. Because we have been offered the gift of salvation, we respond to all of God's people to meet their needs. Not to pay back God for what God has done or to earn salvation or earn more love from God because there's nothing that we can do that Jesus hasn't already done for us. We don't do good works to earn God's favor and God's grace. We do good works because God has already loved us. God loves what we can be and what we are. God loves who we were and who we will become. God loves you. Whatever disruptions you may be facing, stop.
Don't avoid them or run away. Pray and believe that God has been, is, and will be with you always. Hold fast to the grace that God offers and let that grace change you. Love came down at Christmas. Love is seen on the cross. Love that loves you. Love that loves the world. Where will you stand? Will you sit with Jonah under the tree, holding on to all the things that we try to give up? Will you stand on the side of love, knowing that the road is not easy, but you never go alone? No matter what choice you make, the love of God never leaves you. I know that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, ready to relent from punishing. Should I not be concerned about Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who don't know their right hand from the left and also many animals? Believe in the love of God. Thanks be to God. Amen.